You are listening to the Book Your Dream Clients podcast, bite-sized episodes from one coach to another to help you create and scale your business with simplicity. No hustle required. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Book Your Dream Clients podcast. We have Andrea Jones with us today. She's the creator and lead strategist at onlinedrea.com, where she and her team help small businesses create a big impact beyond their brand through authentic social media marketing strategies that focus on building a community of real and engaged followers. And today we're talking about social media, how to get started, how to be consistent. And then we're also diving into Instagram Reels, Should you do them? And if you don't do them, what will happen to your business and how to feel good about your own customized social media strategy that feels good for you. And so you can connect with your audience as well. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Andrea, thank you so much for being on the Book Your Dream Clients podcast. I'm super excited to have you on today. Thank you so much for inviting me on the show. I was excited about your expertise and especially about the topic, social media overwhelm. I was chatting with you at the beginning of this interview and telling you that I have a lot of new coaches coming to me and they might not even have a social media platform or they're private or it's not even, it hasn't even been on their radar. And then we have coaches who are there. Um, but they haven't posted since Christmas or it's, you know, it's been months and it's very obvious that they haven't been online and because it can feel really overwhelming. So I am excited to dig into this. I think this will help a lot of coaches out there. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and then we'll dig in. Yes. So I'm a social media strategist. I'm one of those weirdos who actually like social media. (laughs) Um, I met my husband on social media. I was YouTubing. Yeah. We met on YouTube, funny enough. Um, But I've been blogging since 2004, YouTubing since 2007. And when I met my husband on YouTube, I lived in Atlanta. He lived in Toronto, Canada. Um, So that whole move to a different country was really what launched the business side. Um, And I started freelancing, doing all of the things as Mm -hmm. one usually does, and quickly landed in social media because a lot of people don't like it. and especially other introverts out there, I'm very introverted as well. Yes. And it, it can be overwhelming. Um, and so I started freelancing, doing it for other people, uh, built the business to where it is today. I now have an agency. We've got over 20 clients, over mm-hmm. 10 team members. And then I also teach social media in my program in the Savvy Social School and on my podcast, the Savvy Social Podcast. And the reason that I like my approach to social media is because of my introverted tendencies. I just naturally started carving out a way for me to show up on the platform without it being overwhelming. And that's actually what I liked about social media versus like an in-person event where it's a bit harder to be like, okay, I'm done now and like leave (laughs) because that's kind of awkward. But on social media, you could just, you know, scroll for 30 minutes and be like, yeah, that was good enough for me. And then go live your life. And so, um, that's kind of been my approach to social media and that's kind of what I bring to the table. Mm, I I love that you're an introvert because I am the queen of being an introvert. So it's, it's a pleasure to meet you. (laughs) I think social media can feel so loud for introverts, especially. And if you're just, if you're just starting your business, because it feels like everyone 
gives off the vibe that they've been doing this for 25 years, even though it's not even possible that that's what it feels like to us. And they know exactly what they're doing. Their lives are so exciting and active and they have everything put together and they're, they're physically put together. It's so intimidating for people. And you think how, I don't even know how it can even be in that space. And then the overwhelm sits in. So what do you find is the trigger for overwhelm when it comes to coaches who are trying to be present or even consistent on social media? Yeah. So typically there's two areas of overwhelm. The first is overwhelm with the technology. So my favorite client is the person who comes to me and says, Andrea, I'm embarrassed. Where, where are Instagram stories? How do I even add to Instagram stories? Mm -hmm. Cause it's not immediately apparent. And there's this, a, a bit of embarrassment to it. Cause we're adults. We feel like we should know these things, but we don't. Or even something like uh, Instagram reels being so new, people are like, what do I post here? How do other people have like transitions and text is popping up and how are they doing all of these things? Um, so the technical side of it can be overwhelming, but what I see most often is actually the comparison side of it, which you've touched on. It's, you know, showing up online immediately you're following your aspirational coaches or other people in the industry who you love and adore. And they're posting this perfectly curated version of their lives. And now you're trying to match that. Right. Mm. And what you don't realize is they have a photographer, they have a hairstylist, they have a makeup artist, there's a whole photo shoot. Then they have a social media manager and a community mm. manager and a PR person. And, and so as a solo entrepreneur, even someone who, you know, has a smaller team trying to compare to that is next to impossible. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the overwhelm comes from. And it, it comes with a sense of defeat as well for a lot of people. And that's where we go months and months without posting because we're, our thoughts are literally stalling us from posting, but there's some good news in that what we're seeing, especially now on social media is people don't want the perfectly curated photo shoot. They just want to connect with someone who understands them and where they are. And so even though there are those perfectly curated photos out there, th behind that is the connection. And so if you can tap into that piece of it, hopefully that overwhelm will, will start to diminish and you can actually show up as yourself on social media. Mm -hmm. So how do we get to that place to feel it's not an automatic button that you hit. Oh, now I have confidence to show up as myself, but what is the first step we can take? Yeah. So the first step is to center away from yourself. So I think oftentimes as business owners, and especially for personality brands, like a lot of us coaches in this space, our brand is us. Mm -hmm. um, and so we, we start with us when we're, we're approaching social media. So I want you to move away from you and how you look and start thinking about your ideal customer. And one of my favorite ways to do this is using what I call the before and after method. So take out a, sh a sheet of paper, fold it in half and on one side, right before, and on the other side, right after, and you're going to take about 30 minutes and just brainstorm the before and after feelings that your clients are having. So what are they feeling before working with you? 
Um, so, you know, all sorts of things, maybe they're feeling, if you're a weight coach, weight loss coach, maybe they're feeling defeated because they've tried a bunch of things and it hasn't happened. Um, if you are a coach for moms, maybe they're feeling burned out because their kids are taking up all of their time and they don't have any time for themselves. Um, if you're a coach for business owners, maybe business owners are feeling like they're on this hamster wheel and they can't get off of it to actually take that high level view of their business. So start thinking about those before feelings. And I do want you to focus on feelings. Um, I think sometimes we focus on like the tactical, like Mm -hmm. lose 10 pounds or um, homeschool my kids or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. But behind those kind of thoughts are feelings. And so brainstorm the before feelings. And then think about the after feelings as well. What are they going to feel after they work with you? Will they feel a renewed sense of confidence? Will they feel calm and connected to themselves? Will they feel accomplished, like they can achieve something? Will they finally feel like they can take permission to take, uh, give themselves permission to take time for themselves? So think about those feelings. And what you just brainstormed in just a 30 minute session, you'll be surprised by that because that's going to become your social media content. Mm. So it's no longer about you anymore. Remove yourself completely from it. It's about your client or your potential client Mm -hmm. and what they're feeling. And I oftentimes see this exercise open up a lot of possibilities for especially coaches, because now we're not worried about what our hair looks like or how our selfie is going to look, because it goes beyond that into connecting with someone on a very human level. I love that because it's not all about us. It's about the person who is sitting on their phone, drinking their coffee in the morning, feeling like, gosh, today would be great if I could just feel this way. Cause that's what people are attracted to the feelings. They're not attracted to your language because they're not there yet. So we have to, you know, like I always say a million times, go back to what, what you were Googling when you were going through what they're going through, yeah. because that's where they are. It's like talking in this language to my daughter, who's three, she's not going to understand that I have to talk her language to get her to the point where I need her to be. And so when we not, when we stop making things about us and start being generous and out there to help people, that definitely is a big switch when it comes to just taking the step forward to being on social media. Um, so what are your thoughts on being consistent? Cause I think that's another barrier. Um, okay. I did it today, but then how can I do it tomorrow and the next month and next year and so forth? Yes. And listen, y'all, I used to think I was a free spirit. Like I <laughs> was so committed to, I'm just going to show up and feel inspired, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of vibe. And, uh, you know, there are people who can do that, but a lot of my clients and students are like, I mean, I want to be there, but <laughs> that's how I end up with five months and no posts. Right. <laughs> We've all been there. Um, so what I like to do instead is um, a time blocking or batching system. Now, the difference being, I don't want you to focus on the number of posts you're going to produce. I want you to focus on the, the commitment to the time. So I suggest one hour a week. 
use your brainstorm before and after document to inform kind of the mm-hmm. content you're going to put together. Um, but that one hour a week, the first time you do it, you may only get one post out and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Because the key here is consistent practice. It's just like any other habit or hobby, right? Mm-hmm. The first time we do it, we're awful. Like right now I'm trying to learn how to, um, roller skate, like the quad skates. Oh my gosh. I, <laughs> I look like a little baby giraffe, just wobbling in a flop. Out there. Yeah. <laughs> my neighbors probably think I'm crazy, but <laughs> I think that there is that beginning stage of feeling uncomfortable and feeling like you don't know what you're doing and looking like a little wobbly that we all go through no matter what we're starting. And it's the same with social media. And so the key here is practice. You can't just show up and expect to be a professional doing tricks Mm -hmm. and flips, right? (laughs) Um, So with that one hour a week, I want you to commit to yourself to create within that hour. Some weeks it may be one post, but you will flex that muscle and get better over time. A lot of my students are between three and five posts within that time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then once you get comfortable as well, you can start seeing areas where you can spend more time, maybe outsource other things to get support with this. Um, but one hour a week will build the habits of consistency that you need to be able to show up regularly on social media. Mm, I love that because it's so overwhelming to just go from not posting at all to I'm going to post a month ahead. And today I'm going to create 30 Instagram posts. While that is doable, it's not um, a great way to start because you're going to get completely wiped out. And then next month is going to come really quick. And then it's going to feel like so heavy for you. So what are your favorite ways? What are your favorite tools to stay consistent on social media? I think everyone loves to hear what everyone else uses. Yes. So I started off with Google documents. Mm -hmm. So I think that's typically a really good place to start for people who especially don't like get for the people who get lost in the tech basically, because there's so many tools out there just to build that habit. Um, what I use today is actually a tool called Airtable. Have you heard of it? Yes. I love Airtable. Oh my gosh, I geek out <laughs> about this because I actually plan out all of my content in Airtable, my mm. podcast, my blogs, newsletters, and social posts. Mm. Um, and I actually have a video on YouTube about this as well. Um, but I just write my posts in Airtable mm. and attach graphics, and then I have my team post them for me. So mm. this is where like having a virtual assistant could really help kind of streamline that process. Um, and then as far as scheduling tools go, I like. Um, Um, If you're an Instagram person, which a lot Mm -hmm. of people are, um, Planoly is a really Mm -hmm. great tool because you can look at the grid. um, You can kind of, if you like a lot of visual aspects, you can play around with that. It's also got some pretty good analytics. Um, And then if you have multiple brands or if you... um, kind of have a lot of accounts, um, Mm -hmm. Fan Booster is the one that I'd recommend. Mm. I love... I have, I've never used Planoly. I used a later for years. And then now I've been using Tailwind for probably the last year or so. And I really like their Instagram scheduler. And I think there's no right or wrong scheduler to use. I think as long as you have something that you really enjoy using, because there's big chunks of the process, creating the content, creating the graphics, planning it out, and then actually scheduling it. So there are big meaty things what does your process look like before you had virtual assistants to help you do all of this? 
Yeah. And I like that you mentioned that about scheduling tools as well. Cause I do find it, it depends on how your brain works. Mm -hmm. There are some tools that like my colleagues swear by and I log in and I go, my brain cannot handle Mm -hmm. this. Like for example, um, project management tools. I love Asana. Mm -hmm. I cannot wrap my brain around Trello. Like I I feel the same way. (laughs) I don't know. I don't get it. It needs Um, to be in Asana. Right. Um, But as far as the process goes, so before I had support with this, I would do it all within the scheduling tool. So let's say I was using Planoly. I would actually write my caption in there first Mm -hmm. um, and using my before and after kind of cheat sheet. So I know kind of what I'm going to say. And then I would add in the images. And there are kind of two different kinds of images I like to do. One is a selfie or um, photo that I took of the world around me. Mm -hmm. And I like batching this. So I take a lot of pictures throughout my day, Mm -hmm. but then when I sit down to write the post, I'll actually just scroll through and see what I have, Mm -hmm. um, and pop those in. And then for the other posts, I'll actually use Canva, Canva Mm canva.com, the graphic design tool. Yes. Um, and I'll use one of their templates and see if there's something that I can pull from the caption into the actual designed graphic. So I'll go mm-hmm. to Canva, design that, download that, and add that to my post as well. And what I typically recommend is if you're using something like Canva is to stick with the same colors and fonts that you would use throughout your branding, mm-hmm. and maybe even just create a few different variations of designs that you cycle through. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel every single time. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I schedule it to, to go live. Um, outside of that, I do set aside about 15, 20 minutes a day to go into the accounts that I'm working with my Mm -hmm. favorites, Instagram right now. Um, just kind of network comment, but then I also will post to Instagram stories at that time as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not the type of person who shows off my entire day as much as mm-hmm. I try to do that. Typically, right before I go to lunch, I will just pop in with a thought or an update or something like that. Or even if I don't have one, I'll just share a post from the feed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how I spend my time on social. Mm-hmm. Not intimidating at all when once it's broken down, because you might go to Andrea's feed and you might think, oh my gosh, she spends you know, days doing this and she's always on stories and I could never be like that. But once you hear how somebody actually does it behind the scenes, it feels better and know that her way might work really well for you. And it's funny because we have very similar um, paths to posting, but I do the visual. I did the visual first and then I would write the copy. So it's funny how everyone has their own preferred method on how they get inspired to write and create. I love that. So what do you find that's really working well for you for you on Instagram? Because I think there's so many ways we can build our, our accounts and connect with more people. And I think we can't do it all, um, nor should we. What are your favorite ways and most successful ways? Yes. So I actually don't post a lot on my accounts. Um, I actually like the networking piece of it. Mm. Um, and I only have, if like, if we consider energy, like a bucket, I only have Mm -hmm. so much that I can give out before I'm like, I'm done with this. Um, and so if I'm going to, you know, spend an hour working on my content, then I probably only have like another hour or two to actually like network on social. Mm-hmm. So I actually don't spend a lot of time. I, I spend a little bit more than I would recommend for the average business owner because it is my job, mm-hmm. um, but it can feel very exhausting. So I would rather spend that networking and engaging. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's with um, potential partners. Mm-hmm. So 
I don't go directly for my ideal client. Um, Number one, in social media and the way that I teach it, they're probably not on social media yet or they're struggling with it. So it may be harder. But also I find that like finding strategic partners gets me far further, uh, faster. Mm-hmm. Um, so being on a podcast like this one, for instance, mm-hmm. if I were going to be on your podcast, I would maybe drop into your DMS, like a few photos, mm-hmm. show you some love and then build a relationship with you. Um, so that, you know, we can potentially exchange ideas, exchange mm-hmm. audiences, kind of like uplift each other. Mm-hmm. And so that's really the best way I have found to use social media is this strategic networking, but from a place of like mutual giving. Mm-hmm. It's not about, you know, we've all seen these people who like drop into the DMs and they're like, hey, I'm posting mm-hmm. a webinar, sign up. And it's like, I don't Delete. know you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it, it has to be from a genuine place. Mm-hmm. Um, and previous to this as well, I would combine this with in-person networking. So going to events, going to like live in-person events, if I would meet someone, I'm so bad with names, I would meet someone, yes. follow them on social media so I can remember their name. <laughs> and then I like keep up with them on social media as well. And there's just some fantastic partnerships that come out of this. Yes, it takes longer, but building a business isn't like Mm -hmm. an overnight thing anyways. Um, And so I just consider this part of that entire journey. Mm -hmm. I love that you use it to grow partnerships. I think of, I think of them as friendships because the people you talk to, um, the, the ladies that I talk to on a Saturday morning before a podcast interview who want to build their business, this is a holiday weekend, mind you, for us. Um, Those are my kind of girls because they are ready to work in the morning and they're ready to build relationships. I love that. I think it's so important to do that. And especially when it feels like you were working from, I've been working from home for 16 years. So I'm always kind of been this way. Um, But there's so many people who are used to all those networking events and used to, you know, getting out and about. And this might feel a little bit odd for them. So it's really important to build some somehow, whether it's a blog partnership or podcast or, you know, doing joint venture webinars or whatever it is, those build connections. Um, So when somebody in my program needs somebody like Andrea, I can refer them to her or, or back and forth. And that's just a great way to build a long-term business. And like she said, it's not you know, this isn't something that's going to be over in a year. This is something we're building long-term. We want it to be strong. And I think doing it with generosity and friendship is the best way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And it is hard. Like I will say as an introvert, I really struggle with this sometimes. Um, but I find compliments go a long way, mm-hmm. especially if you watch people's Instagram stories um, and you can just respond to the Instagram story because mm-hmm. then it's a direct message and it doesn't feel so weird yes. <laughs> to start a conversation. Um, and I'll try to find something that I like, I mean, it's just like if you were in a Starbucks and you're like, Mm -hmm. I like your shoes or I like your top. Um, So I'll just try to find something that I like to be able to start a conversation. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing to me because even people who feel a little bit um, maybe unreachable or untouchable, you know, a a quick comment in the DMs will get a response way quicker than, Mm -hmm. you know, hey, can I be on your podcast sort of thing? So Um, just kind of tapping into like what we all like as humans. Exactly. That's what I always say. Just be a human. When you don't know what to do, 
what would a nice human do? Do that. Don't make it so difficult. Yes. (laughs) I have another um, thing that I have a lot of students that ask about doing Instagram reels because that feels like on Mars. They can't even, they're not even on that planet yet. I'm not into that because my introvert self says, uh, we don't have time for this. Let's just keep playing over here. So what are your thoughts on reels? Are they necessary? Are they uh, to build your business? If you don't do them, what's going to, is that going to hold you back? Yeah, this is, this is a tough question because Instagram is pushing reels a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to give you a little bit of a litmus test to see if reels are for you. So mm-hmm. if you have just started and you don't have consistency posting in other areas yet, don't worry about reels, mm-hmm. get consistent first. It's kind of like, Oh, the roller skating thing. If I can't go forwards, I should probably not try <laughs> practicing backwards yet. Right. <laughs> like, I can't even go forward. Um, and so I think with Instagram reels, if you're just, you know, just starting to spend that one hour a week sitting down to develop, develop content, you haven't really stuck with it long enough yet. Don't worry about reels unless you prefer video. That would be my asterisk. Mm. But a lot of people are like, can I not do video? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but for, if you're, if you're the opposite and you're like writing a caption is like pulling teeth for me then I want you to consider reels, but otherwise don't worry about it. Um, the other litmus test is if you have been consistent, even if you don't like video, but your engagement has stalled. So Mm -hmm. the past 30 to 60 days, you're getting the same number of likes, the same number of comments, or maybe even less. Mm -hmm. It's time to start Instagram reels, Mm -hmm. uh, because it will boost your engagement because Instagram wants you to do it. Now, The easiest way to get started with reels is an introduction reel, Mm -hmm. uh, face to camera, or you can, um, point your camera at, I don't know, like a journal or something like that. If you, Mm -hmm. or if you create products or things like that, you can showcase them and do a voiceover, but put your face on camera and use your before and after. So ask, use your before as a question. So, are you a burnt out mom who is struggling to carve out time for yourself? So that's the before. Mm-hmm. Then introduce yourself. Hi, my name is so-and-so. And then you're after. I help women, moms with mm-hmm. the transformation, the after, the end of the rainbow, so to speak. Mm-hmm. If that sounds interesting to you, follow for more posts mm-hmm. and just leave it at that. And that will kind of get your, the newness out a little Mm -hmm. bit. You'll use the app because it is a totally different tool to Mm -hmm. use, like to record videos in the app. Um, and then you will start to, you'll kind of break, break the seal, so to Mm -hmm. speak. Like you'll start to feel comfortable to post, post more reels content. There's so many different interesting things you can do with reels, but that first one is typically the hardest one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So just some facts about doing reels. If you do a reel, is this shown just to your audience or is this shown to more people? So trying to build people's, um, motivation to get this going. Oh yeah. It's shown to more people than just your audience. And this is the biggest thing about Instagram reels. It's actually a response to TikTok and its popularity. Mm -hmm. Um, so with TikTok, for instance, when you log into the app, you're instantly seeing people's posts who you don't follow, which is Mm -hmm. different from the other social platforms, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, it's mostly people you follow Mm -hmm. TikTok. It's mostly people you do not follow. 
even if you do follow someone, you'll still see more posts from people you don't follow. So Instagram is trying to tap into that trend by showing Instagram reels to everyone. So when you tap on the reels icon, do this for yourself, start scrolling through, you'll see a lot of new content that you would have never seen before. And even in your feed, you may notice posts from people you don't follow. So when you're posting reels, know that this is going to a larger audience. Instagram wants people to discover you. And so the discoverability factor is multiplied with Instagram reels. That's really interesting. I didn't know that. I'm not a TikTok person either. I know that's a shocker, but I I didn't know that they um, show it to other people who don't follow you because I do see other reels and I don't know who these people are. Um, I also wonder... Um, do they have analytics? Can you tell if your reels are reaching or what kind of retention they have? So currently the only analytics for reels are views. So video views, which you can see, anyone can see publicly and comments. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Otherwise there aren't any analytics um, beyond that. Now they did just announce this week as the time of recording this, it's the end of May. Mm-hmm. Um, they did just announce this week that they're going to be slowly rolling that out, which is mm. so exciting. Um, for, me, for all the nerds out, out there, yes. <laughs> I do geek out about the numbers, which mm-hmm. we could talk about as well, but, um, those video views can be interesting. So you may notice that when you're posting reels, they'll get more views than your other content. And that's because Instagram is posting it to an extended audience. So essentially what happens is they have a test audience of about a thousand people that they show it to. Mm -hmm. So you'll see a lot of your reels instantly will get a thousand views. If those people interact with your posts, they'll broaden that and start showing it to more and more people. And this is how reels go viral. So I have a few of my clients and students who post reels that get 18,000, 25,000, 100,000 views when they themselves only have a thousand followers. Mm. And that's because something about the video resonated enough with enough people that Instagram was like, I'm going to keep showing this. Mm. And that's the other interesting thing about reels is that if you posted it two weeks ago, it still can show up in the discovery page, Mm. depending on how people are interacting with it. So it's more of an evergreen content piece. It's, it also seems to me that it's almost like running an ad for free because they're putting it out in front of a new audience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I do think from the advertising perspective, it really is touching on those feelings and how I see reels playing into your entire social media kind of um, presence is bringing people in. So if you have a reel that talks about, like I saw one recently that was about like um, being at work and like trying to speak nicely to Mm -hmm. a boss who's being kind of overwhelming. (laughs) Um, And it's like that voice that we all do that's like, Um, so I just emailed this to you and the boss is like, where is it? You know? Um, and so it's those types of posts where people will like it and share it with other people. Cause they're like, oh my gosh, this is me. Um, so it's those kinds of posts that will bring people in, then they'll follow you. And then they'll see the rest of your amazing content about your workshops, the work that you do, your before and after transformative posts, um, your personality posts and all of those things. So reels can be a really great way to kind of capture people's attention. And then the rest of your posts can really talk about the work that you do. 
Hmm. Super interesting. Um, I love that. And I think it's definitely food for thought. It's something that I think about and I always try to think, how can you make it work for you? So you don't have to feel like this is just another thing. Like when Pinterest stories came out, I thought this is another thing that we have to do. How many things do we need to do? And you don't have to do them all. It's important to just pick something, get consistent with it and enjoy yourself doing it too. You don't want to just hate doing anything about your business because you created it. Yeah. And you get to decide Instagram is specifically is like 10 platforms in one and they're all kind of going that way. Pinterest has stories. Mm -hmm. YouTube now has shorts, which is kind of like TikToks and reels. It's like, there's so many options. (laughs) Yeah. Depending on you and definitely tap into your preference, right? Like if you're, if you like writing over speaking, think about how you can do that more so because people are still sharing and interacting with feed posts as well. Mm-hmm, your mm-hmm. Instagram stories don't have to be you, you know, showing your dog. It can be like a block of text that you've written. Yeah. So think about your own personal preference and how you want to show up. Don't mm-hmm. feel like you have to do it any certain way because that's really where the overwhelming feeling comes from is when you try to alter your own self and your yes. own preferences to fit into what you should do. Mm-hmm. Yes, so much. Yes, I think about the students who are really overwhelmed with the fact that they would have to do a Facebook Live to launch their program. And then I say, well, do you watch Facebook lives? No, neither do I. So why are we doing things that we don't do and don't want to do? Why don't we make it into our own way? And you'll find that whenever you make something work for you in your own way, that feels really good. It works so much better than forcing yourself to be somebody you're not. Yeah, that was me and blogging. Like I liked blogging when I had all the time in the world, you know, before I made it into a job these days, if I had to sit down and write a blog, it's like pulling teeth. I don't want to do it. I am a talking processor. I'd much rather do a podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, hence the podcast. Um, and so for me, it's like, I start with the podcast. It, my team can help turn it into blog posts. They can Mm -hmm. help me write social captions. Um, and so even, you know, talking on an Instagram video, much easier for me than writing out a whole post. So lean into your own preference. Mm -hmm. And that's something that is repeatable. Uh, The same for social platforms. Like if I told you, um, Lindsay, you have to be on LinkedIn and then you logged in and you were like, "Um, I don't like this at all, Mm -hmm. then you wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Right. So even if it's like the best thing for you, I promise you, you can find your audience on any platform. So Mm -hmm. if you find one that you really love and you love showing up there, then you can continue to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's what matters really. And you're going to attract the people who like that form of being educated and inspired. So for, for me, for example, I don't watch a lot of things that are in my face and really loud. I don't, I just don't like that. I like to read things and take them in on my own. And I think a lot of people that come to me feel that way too. Like they need to have this calm presence around them, not extroverted in your face kind of style. So you're going to attract the people who you truly are. And so we really need to think about that and watch what we're projecting out there so we can bring in the dream clients and the dream students. Agreed. 100%. (laughs) Andrea, this was such a great interview. We covered so much. Um, Thank you. Can you share with everyone how they can find you? 
Yes. So my favorite platform is Instagram. And like I mentioned, I'm a talker. So if you send me a voice note, I love to like chit chat in the DMs. (laughs) So that's at online Drea. That's online D-R-E-A. But you can also find me at onlinedrea.com or any any platform. I'm on them all uh, (laughs) because it's my job. Um, And now they all have pretty much all have voice message DMs, which I appreciate as well. Wow. And I think that's such a great way to communicate with people because then you can hear their voice and you feel connected to them right away. It's such a powerful way rather than you don't even know who's texting. Anybody can text, but the voice, it just feels like you're instantly friends once you, once you speak to somebody. So go and leave her a voice message and let her know how much you love this episode. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah. I would really appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you for spending some time with us. And I'm excited for everyone to hear this and go find you and follow you. Uh, Thanks for being here. And you guys uh, just know that Andrea has some amazing tips. We'll put all of her links and resources in the show notes. And um, I think everyone will enjoy all of those things. So thank you, Andrea. And we'll see everyone on the next episode. Before you go, I want to invite you to join my free Facebook group for coaches. Simply type dreamclientcommunity.com in your browser, request access, and we'll happily let you in. We have amazing coaches in there just like you who are starting and scaling their business, and we would love to see you there.